Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Today we continue on the seven life accounts. The first one that we looked at was the priority account. The priority account is very important. Priority brings order, and order is the engine for growth and development. Priorities are important. Your life is going to go in the direction of your priorities. So priorities help to bring focus, and focus will bring stability in your life. And priorities does that. So once you get your priorities in order, you put a foundation in for your upward mobility. I remember when I was in third year of high school in 1983, we had a lecturer from the university that came to speak to the entire third year student. And at the end of the lecture, he said, I want to ask you six questions. I want you to answer them separately on a piece of paper. We got all pieces of paper out. He said, question number one, what is the most important thing in your life? I, I can tell you right now, he got me covered right here because although I was a Christian, I did not know what was the most important thing in my life. And many students were visibly uncomfortable the question. We couldn't wait for him to go to question number two. Say so question number two, what is the most important thing in your life? Everybody looked up at him, you know, must be a mistake. And he said, no, 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 it's right. Question number two, what is the most important thing in your life? Oh, Lord, we're talking about jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Question number three, what is the most important thing in your life? He started whispering, well, what is this man up to? You know? Question number four. What is the most important thing in your life? Question number five. What is the most important thing in your life? By that time, everybody knew what question number six is going to be, of course. What is the most important thing in your life? I kind of struggled with that for a while. And you know, it wasn't until some years ago when I was preparing a message on priority that the Holy Spirit brought me back to that morning, morning day I stood. And told me, that's what the man was trying to get you to do, name your priorities. I want you to know that it is important to have your priorities in order. And when Jesus taught priority, he gave one seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So that is our number one priority. But we also went through the service account as ambassadors of Christ. We are servants of the kingdom of the Most High God, of the government of heaven. We serve as ambassadors our government uh, of the kingdom of heaven. One of the key ways in influencing people is to serve them, genuinely serve them. It is important 
to get involved with organizations that serve the community, that serve the nation. Get involved in service with your church, your local church. It's important to serve. It's not good enough to just come and be a part of uh, the worship experience. Find how you can serve the church. Serve others. Don't complain about serving. Jesus was a servant leader. And he served the people and they worshiped him. They followed him. He healed their sick. He raised their dead. He was a servant leader. The service account is very, very important. Not everything you're going to get monetary paid for. Nothing can be the favor of the Lord. And as you serve the Lord, you see the favor of the Lord in your life. The family account is another one that we looked at. And that's very important. Remember, we established the point that strong families make strong communities to include strong churches. Strong communities make strong nations. And the, the family should be the first university for any child. That's where they should start learning values and attitudes uh, and, and many other things. Key, that's what you should learn to read and write first. So family is very important. And we see where in Genesis, God trusted Abraham because he, God, in Genesis 18, 19, said that Abraham was a man that would train his house, household, his family, after God. So God said, I can't go into Sodom and Gomorrah and destroy it and not tell Abraham, knowing that he's a family man and he has relatives there. God shared secrets with Abraham on the, Abraham on the premise that he was a family man. God has always worked with families throughout the scriptures. If you're talking about from Adam and Eve, talk about Noah and his family, Joseph and his family, Jacob and his family, David and his family. Look through the scriptures. God always works with family. Family is a God idea. Right? And that's not a government of the day idea. God originated families. We also looked at a friend's account. Real friends share the same interest, at least in some areas. And Jesus said, I call you friends because a servant don't even know what his Lord is doing. But I call you friends because we share the same interest. You know what I'm doing. Our interest is the kingdom. It's good to have friends. It is important to be nice to everyone, but it doesn't necessarily follow that everyone should be your friend. Friends are committed to seeing you through. And you have to just ask yourself, how many people can I really commit myself to, to see through? That is why one of the reasons why everybody can't be a friend, because you really can't commit yourself to everybody in the world to see them through. The friends are important, and we need to build the friends up account. It's not a good thing to say you don't have any friends and you don't want any friends. That's not actually a kingdom thing. Friends are certainly very, very important. 
And today we're going to look at the health account. Now, these seven life accounts will create what I call a bullseye approach where you can zero in on specifics as it relates to building capacity. So you're not just out there thinking that I want to build capacity and don't know where to start. These seven life accounts gives you a bullseye approach towards building personal capacity, which from that will be able to build team capacity. And it's important to learn principles. principles. Principles always help us to grow and become more productive in life. In fact, the more principles you learn, the less you will have to pray about what to do. Because the principles will give you direction. Principles are key uh, to life. You pay and pay dearly when you don't understand principles or when you ignore principles. If you ignore principles, and especially kingdom principles we're talking about here, you will keep going around the same mountain for the rest of your life, 40 years around the same mountain and miss every opportunity that God provided or brought your way. Because you don't operate, you don't function by principle, so you can't even see that. And yet you go around and brag yourself, brag yourself as you know an intercessor or this or that, but you're missing every opportunity around you because you don't function on principles, and you can't see them because the way you operate, only you alone can function in that kind of space. So it is important, very important that we pay attention to the kingdom principles so that they can generate the kind of results that God intended for lives, that God wants us to have, that God uh, wants us to walk into in this life. I believe that God is excited about your development in this life, and I believe that he wants you to become the best you can be. So he sends his word to us so that we can be all that he intended us to be. And it is our responsibility now to take his word and act upon it as best as possible so we can get the kind of results that he intended for our lives. Amen? Now, one of the life lessons that I have learned in my walk with the Lord has really helped me tremendously. Some of you may have learned the same lesson as it helped you. Is that you cannot give what you don't have. That has sent me into repentance in my life because sometimes our expectations of people are unrealistic because they don't have the capacity to give what we're expecting. But maybe because we're at a certain level or because we see certain results elsewhere, we want it from those that are around us, not understanding that they don't have it to give right now. So 
The way to fix that is to build capacity. Now, as I said, when you expect people to deliver at certain levels and they can't, sometimes they get frustrated, you get frustrated, and at the end of the day, nobody wins. So it's important to know where people are. And this is one of the reasons why, reasons why we zero in on building capacity, because in many cases, in many areas of life, you can get what you don't have to give so that you can give what God intended for you to give. In other words, you might not, you might can't give it right now because of where you are. But if you align yourself with the kingdom principles, you will grow and build the capacity to be able to give that which you were not able to give five years ago. When I just got born again almost 40 years ago, I was not able to give what I'm giving to you. And many of you might be in the same position. But as I, uh, as I grow in God and uh, build capacity in my own life, I'm able to give more and more and more. So we have to work together to build capacity so that we can gauge and measure our expectations of those, especially in our immediate, immediate sphere of influence. So we work together in building capacity so we can get the best results from each other at the end of the day. But one of the things as it relates to building capacity that we really have to also pay attention to is how many people are set in their ways. So instead of making the necessary changes in their lives so that they can build capacity, people are so set in their ways that they normalize the things that they are comfortable with instead of making the changes to grow and produce more. And when I say normalize the things that they're more comfortable with, I mean, what I'm saying there is that they learn to live with them. There's so many people over time that have learned to live with things that are not right. So it becomes a part of your life. We see it even in the society of certain people have learned to live with a physical abuse. They feel like that's a part of relationship. Some people are like that. But in the kingdom, we do the same thing. We normalize some things that are not right. Before long, it becomes a part of us. We've learned to live with them and they short-circuit the results that we're supposed to get. So in building capacity, we have to get on God's platform. We have to examine our own lives in the light of the word and realize that, that this is my way and not God's way. God's way. And sometimes we struggle between our way and God's way because when you're practicing your way for 30, 40 years, 20 years and all of that, it's not easy to just let it go and let God. But it is transition that is necessary and must take place for us to grow in God, to build capacity, and be able to deliver on a higher level as each year goes by. 
Otherwise, we are going to come up short. So building capacity will require change. And I want to remind you that when it comes to change, you are either going to be an agent of change or a victim of change. You're either going to influence the change or the change is going to influence you. You are either going to dictate the change or the change is going to dictate to you. God wants us to be agents of change, to influence the change so that we can become what he wants us to be. So it is our responsibility now to summon our will to make the necessary changes so that we can become what God intended for us to be. So as we zeroing on the health account this morning, changes might be necessary in your life. As you grow older, as you get into my age group, you have to make changes. Some things that you eat at 20 years old and get away with it, then you now have to begin to look at the situation differently. And many people, many, many people speed up their departure from this life by not properly managing their health. It doesn't matter how much anointing is on you. It doesn't matter how good the word is that you have to preach. It doesn't matter how awesome you are in the worship and the different areas of ministry that you function. If you don't have the help to carry your body to, to deliver, you will not be able to deliver. I, I don't care how good of a mason or a tradesman you are, how good a teacher, if you don't have the help to carry your body to function properly, you will not be able to effectively deliver. And in many cases, you'll not be able to deliver any at all. So it is important, absolutely important to manage your health properly. Even though God has a call on your life and you know your purpose and all of that, if you don't manage your health properly, you're going to find yourself in serious problems. Third John chapter 2. It says, John says, I wish above all things. Above all things. Now listen to the words. Third John verse 2. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. So as your soul prosper in the Lord, as you begin to realize who you are in the Lord and walk in the things of God, John is saying, your health need to prosper on that same level. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Now, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, which are the two perfect chapters in the Bible in the sense that there was no sin in the world at that time, and everything was in the perfect order of how God intended life to be, and in fact, it 
reflects or give us a preview of what our future life is going to be. Genesis 1 and 2. There was no such thing as sickness in Genesis 1 and 2. Sickness was never a part of the package God intended for man. That is why, as I said, your future life will be void of the presence of sickness. Well, it won't even be in the space any at all. And we see examples of that in the Bible. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 7, it says, Oh, Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died, and his eyes were not dim, nor his natural face a bit. Oh, a hundred and twenty years old. In Psalm. 105, verse 37, it tells us how God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, and there was not one feeble among them. Some theologians say it was about a three-quarter million people that came out of Egypt that night, three-quarter million Israelites. Some theologians said it was up to two million. So the numbers fluctuate between 750,000 and two million people that Moses brought out of Egypt, and there was not one feeble, one sick or feeble among them. Which tells you that we can have, all of us can have good health. God is capable of working in and through life, but then we have a responsibility. And so I want to encourage you this morning to put your health on proper foundation. It is actually a higher level to walk in divine health than to get healing. Nothing is wrong with getting healing if you're sick, but it is actually a higher level to walk in divine health where you don't need healing. And that's what God set up for the children of Israel. And by extension, he, he, he wants that for us, to walk in divine health, to prosper, as John said, in our health, so that we can be all that God wants us to be. Now, interestingly, for the Israelites, watch this. God did not just provide healing for them, even before healing, he provided the laws for the children of Israel. It was when the children of Israel drifted away from the health laws that he had to provide healing. So if we will follow the health laws, if we will follow the scripture, if we will follow the health laws, then we will have much better results in our health. It's important, very important. Healing is necessary when you're not doing something right that is creating results that you should not supposed to be getting. In other words, what you're doing wrong is causing you to be sick. So God heals you. But the truth is, if you don't address that problem, you get sick again. Now, let me give you an example of something here. You know, in the health law, the sanitation laws that God gave Israel. 
in Numbers, he told them that they should not eat fish that don't have any scales. I mean, you, you wonder why. But they found out, the discovery is that the waters all around the world are filled with what is called mercury. And mercury is one of the main cause of cancer throughout the world. So the fish that have scales, the scale kind of buffer the mercury from being absorbed in the body of the fish. Those fish that don't have scales, their body absorbs the mercury. So when you eat those fish that don't have scales, the propensity of getting cancer and certain kinds of stuff is much higher when you have a constant diet of those kinds of stuff. The point that I'm making is that God knows what he was saying all along. He always does. But sometimes, because we can't understand it, we ignore it. And of course, everything has to be done in moderation. But all that I'm saying, especially when you get into the latter years of your life, I know it sounds good to say that you had a lobster dinner and all that kind of stuff, but you just have to be careful how much of those things you get around. Because it's proven from the scriptures. In fact, you know, there's a scripture that talks about all the, the, the trees are for the healing of the nation, which, which means it is important that we're consuming more leafy foods, so to speak. The trees are for the healing of the nation. Now, I know that there are a lot of processed foods all over and they taste good and all that kind of stuff. But I'm saying if you're going to put your health on the right platform, it is important to measure what you eat. So you can become all that God wants you to be. Now, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. I want to read that verse. I want to show you something um, there from Exodus chapter 15, 26. But I want to give you a little background before Exodus 15, 26. Well, Exodus 14 uh, was when the Israelites, you know, came out of Egypt and went across the Red Sea. So they crossed the Red Sea and they are in the region of Mount Sinai. And of course, in Egypt, everything is kind of at their feet. So that you know they could eat and work and serve the Egyptians well. But they came across the Red Sea, went across the Red Sea, and they were thirsty, and they came upon the waters of Mara. And the Bible said the waters of Mara were bit. And let me just stop there for a moment. There are some of you that I'm speaking to this morning that. You've come across one miracle in your life, but you have come upon the waters of Mark. You're bitter. And you are discouraged. You might be thinking, well, if God made a way yesterday, why did he bring me into this? But if you are in a place in your life right now where you're at the waters of Mara and you're bitter, you're thirsty, but 
You can't find what to adequately quench your thirst. You're, you have desire to progress in God, but everything seems to be a blockage around you. You just can't see how you're going to cross here, and it looks like things are hopeless. You're at the waters of mud. I want to remind you this morning that the Barbie Gillian is still at work, that with God, all things are possible. Those waters are not going to stay bitter for the rest of your life. I want you to know that that bitterness in that water that is facing you is temporary, extremely temporary. And if you keep trusting the hand of God, you're going to see your breakthrough very short sure So the Israelites came to the waters of Mara. The waters of Mara were bitter, and they complained against Moses. He said, look, at least when we were in Egypt, we had sweet water. We didn't have these issues. And Moses cried out to God, said, God, what, what is this that you, you put me into? And God showed Moses a tree. Talk about the trees for the healing of the nation. God showed him a tree to put into the water. And he put the tree into the water, and the water became sweet. Trees for the healing of the nation. God told him, and the waters became sweet. Your water will not stay bitter for the rest of your life. I don't care how it is tasting right now. It is a temporary situation. There is a story going on in your water right now. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. We sing the song, when our backs are against the wall, and it looked like it was over. You made a way. You are waymaker, Lord God. You are a miracle worker. And we trust in you. We trust in you to continue to make a way. So all that story to the waters of Mara, and then we come down now to Exodus 15:26. God gave them Exodus 15, 26 against the background that I just gave you. In fact, let's read from verse 25, please. And he cried out, cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. That's Moses, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance. And there he proved them, verse 27, and said, If thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. That means obedience. When we talk about obeying the principles of God that help you to get direction and put you on firm foundation. He said, If you will diligently and casually. That's the other end of it. Diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. So you hear what he's saying and you make a steadfast effort to consistently practice what he's saying. If you do that and will do that which is right in his sight. So right in his sight because sometimes 
that many of the things that we do are right in our side. So we argue on the premise that it is not fair. Well, irrespective of your opinion of fairness, he said it has to be right in his sight. When he did this, she did this, and I did this. So I can't see what is unfair about that. It's about what is right in his sight. There's some things in the word of God that, you know, in my limited mind, I would probably want to adjust. You know, you know that scripture about if, if you're praying and you remember that your brother has fought against you, you must leave your gifts at the altar and go reconcile. No problem with that for a while, you know, but you just have to accept what is right in his sight. So God, it's not me have all the gifts, and they have all the gifts. So, hey, you know, leave your gifts, go make it right. So, we're talking about what is right in his sight. That is why, as I said earlier, it is dangerous to live in your own little world. Set your own standard. Because when you live in your own little world, things are right in your sight, but probably not right in his sight. So he said, if you do what is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statues, which are uh, statues, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I brought upon the Egyptian. For I am the Lord that healed thee. Or in the Hebrew, that's where the term Jehovah Rapha was revealed, first used. So it's, it's saying, I am the Lord, Jehovah Rapha, that healed thee. But look at the conditions. It is not just that you're a believer and you just jump up and say, you are my Jehovah Rapha. It is you walking according to his laws, according to his statutes, doing what is right in his sight. If he tells you to stay away from this, you stay away from it. Some of you personally, God has spoken to you about not eating certain things, but I am not sure who you hide from and eat it. If God tells you not to eat it and you hide and eat it, who are you hiding from? It's not every food that exists is right for consumption. And if we are going to become all that God wants us to be and experience the Jehovah Rapha power in our lives, the manifestations of Jehovah Rapha, then we have to get to that place where we walk according to what he's saying to us. Some of us need to do more fasting. In Isaiah 58, it says that when you fast, your health will spring forth speedily. Some believers have not fasted in years. We need to align ourselves with the word of God to get the results that God promised us. So the health account is absolutely important, but it is not going to happen just because you got baptized. It is your responsibility to put your life on a proper health foundation. In Isaiah 53, it says that by his stripes 
we were here. And if we were here, then we are here. So today, we embrace healing. And even if you're guilty of walking outside of the instructions of the Lord, there's a place for repentance and to say, Lord, thank you for your healing in my body. But I want you to know that sometimes for you to change your situation, the results that you're getting, sometimes all of that, you've got to change some things that you're doing to generate those results. So you have to put your life in a cycle that produces health and one that is not producing sickness. You know, cycles produce certain results. So the devil wants to get our lives in certain cycles that will continue to produce certain results. God wants to get our lives in certain, wants us to get our lives in certain cycles that will produce kingdom results. So this is why we talk about what you eat, because sometimes what you eat constantly, week after week, is producing certain results in your life. I learned a long time ago that headaches are signals. So you're either not eating properly, not sleeping properly, or you know, worrying about something, those are the things that cause it. So you really don't have to go to the doctor for headaches. You can manage that. But you know, if the if the movie or whatever sweets you and you set up until two o'clock in the morning and then have to wake up seven o'clock for work and have the headaches, you're causing it's a cycle that is producing a particular result. Now, any sickness in your life, any sickness at all in your life that won't go away, that has been persistent, is it is because of some cycle that is operating in your life, one way or the other. And you need to identify that cycle and break it. Any sickness that is continuing is because of some cycle in your life. The devil is working hard on keeping those cycles going in your life. You have to work hard to keep, to break those cycles. So whether it be a cycle of, you know, bad eating habits that is causing the sickness, or it can be a cycle, a generational cycle, things that are happening over time in your family line, that cycle can be producing certain sickness in your life. Or sometimes it's a spiritual cycle. You, you, you pick up something somewhere and the devil continue to oppress you in that and allow that cycle. Some, some of these cycles got attached to you at work, spiritual cycles. And, and they're causing all kinds of pain. You have to identify them and break them. Any prolonged sickness in your life, it is because of some cycle that is producing those results. And they have to be identified and broken so that you can become all that God wants you to be. Otherwise, the enemy dictates your life. You don't need to settle with any situation. 
that is less than what the Word of God teaches as it relates to your health. So I challenge you, I admonish you to work on your health at home. Don't just hope that that headache will stop, that backache will stop, or whatever it is. You need to fix because here is the thing, even if God heals you of something today and you perpetuate the cycle, the cycle continues, next week you get that thing again. I thought God healed me. Yes, he did. But you put it back. So the cycle has to be broken so that that result is not happening. There is absolutely nothing that some people do as it relates to keeping their health right. They don't confess the word out of over your health. You don't get up in the morning and declare that my body is the temple of the living God and sickness and disease are far from me and does come night. Yeah, you have to do it. Lord, I thank you that I'm healed by your strength. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet in the name of Jesus. I thank you that there's no more than failure in my body. My heart functions right. But they're going to think I'm fine. Cares about what they think. You've got to do that. That's a part of the health of God. Speak the word over your health. Daily. Watch what you eat. And then with some folks have absolutely no exercise program. Oh yeah. Not even when you wake up to just lay down on the floor and stretch. Yeah, you've got to get some sort of exercise program going in your life for your health to come. It is important. You don't have to run five miles like everybody else. You don't even have to get up and walk through the community like everybody else. If you can do that, great. But what Every program you can get going, it is important to get some sort of exercise program going in your life to keep your health going. So yes, you might pray, but the exercise program is absolutely important for your health of God. We believe in God for the best, but as I said, it is your responsibility to put your health account on the right foundation. So it doesn't matter how early you have to wake up to go to school or work or whatever, you've got to find some sort of exercise program that can fit into your day. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Amen? Amen. So we're working on that. We're looking forward to the results that the right cycle will continue to produce and for some people begin to produce in your life. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.com.